This is the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. Boundaries or burnout, you make the choice. Here's your host, Michael Levitt. Welcome to another episode of the Breakfast Leadership Podcast. It's Michael here, and today I've got Terry Ogburn. Terry is the renowned owner and lead business coach for Ogburn's Business Solutions. His coaching system and personal devotion to development of others has contributed to the success of hundreds of small business and large business ventures. Terry, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, Michael, and thanks for having me on your show. I appreciate that very much. I'm glad to have you here. So, what caused you to you know, launch this organization? I'm, you know, I'm familiar with your backstory, but I'd love for you to walk our audience through uh, some of the things that you've done over your career and, and how you got to this point in your career. Okay, well, thank you. Um, started probably like most uh, parents would teach their kids, get a good, um, solid craft under your table or under your belt, so to speak. So I did air conditioning and then went into sales and I was fired out of the sales business, uh, car business, sales business. And I started my air conditioning company with $118 and 42 cents. Not that I knew anything about business. It was just that I could fix a, uh, fix duck work. And there was a broken duck where I lived. It was being transferred formed from apartments to condos. And I figured that would be an easy way for me to pick up a few thousand while I decided which direction I was going to go in. So after doing that, um, uh, I got a couple of good mentors and things started to happen and I found a little niche of my own and I grew my business. And then I grew into learning how to to work on the business and develop systems and processes and job descriptions and organizational charts and things like that and action plans, which caused me to catapult into the uh, into that arena, the air conditioning service business. And then from there, I started helping people, other people do the same things I'm doing. And then that trans, I sold my business to my employees after 10 years. And then I started going into the corporate arena and helping. I did turnaround stores for Uniglobe Travel, which back in the travel days, that was a, a very large franchise organization. I helped a fr- travel franchise go public in the early 90s by developing 11 regional offices and over 2,000 franchisees. Then I went out to Radio Shack and did some turnaround stores for them. Um, AT&T and Metrocall Paging merged. I was the liaison that helped put those two platforms together. And then also did some turnaround stories, uh, stores for uh, Century 21 real estate, so from the real estate market. And then in 2005, I decided to start, uh, the downturn of the economy happened, and so I decided to start um, a business again, Ogden Business Solutions, because I knew it, the small, it would be the small businesses who did the turn, you know, to cause this country to turn around. So I've been doing it now for um, this December will be 13 years. It's awesome that you've had all of those experiences and the $118.42, why? I mean, that's, yeah, I'm a former accountant, so that's pretty specific as far as a number is concerned. Uh, wh- wh- how did you remember that amount? Did you have the receipt, um, or you just that number just you know stuck with you when you when you decided to to launch into your ventures? Well, I had to pay up my rent, my bills. I paid everything up. So when I got down, because I had no money coming in, 
So I had this, you know, a little bit of money in the checking account. So when I paid up my rent, my electricity, got all the bills paid, everything, my license, everything was, um, you know, paid for. That's what I had left. So when I remember writing that figure down in my checkbook, $118.42. For some reason, it never left me. And it served, it served me many times, not just through doing podcasting and, and my bios and stuff, but it has proved to be a very good um, um, remembrance, I guess you would say. Yeah, it makes sense. And even, you know, I'll share a story. I don't think I've ever shared this story before. Uh, my dad was uh, in the army and was drafted back uh, during the Vietnam War. Thankfully, he he didn't have to go serve in Vietnam. He was pretty much stateside the whole time. But um, he had met my mom and got married and you know, was out in Washington State. And after he would receive you know, his pay and they had to pay all of their bills and whatnot and, you know, make sure they had food and, and everything. Um, they had 20 cents left over mm. and that was enough to buy them each an ice cream cone. Mm. So whenever I see an ice cream cone or if I happen to, you know, come across a couple dimes in my pocket, I reflect on that. So it's, I, I completely can relate to your $118.42 moment because, you know, there's, there's a connection, you know, to me as well. Now I wasn't alive during that time. You know, they had me after dad got out of the service, but um, it's it, those stories. And I, I think that's what really connects uh, people to, especially small businesses. And I know large corporations too, to a certain extent, if the founder is still around, but, for the most part, small businesses, when they launch their organizations, they're doing it with pretty much everything that they have and they're putting it all in. And it's, um, and it's those little moments that they reflect on, especially when they attain success and they grow their business to you know, their dreams and desires, it really makes a big impact in their lives and, and the lives of others. Yeah, and when, and when you consider that, you know, I had no car or no truck, being in the car business, you know, they furnished us with a demo and stuff like that. So having no car, no truck, um, you had to be kind of innovative. You know, you had to get out there. You had to think, you know, I mean, I was, I was stuck there between a rock and a hard place, so to speak. But the next thing you know, um, the right people show up in your life and things have start, you know, big turnaround. I think too, it's, if how the universe is asking us, how, how willing are we to go all in? Most people stick their toe in the water, get a little, you know, get a little taste, but they won't go all in. I work with many people are, that are trying to hold a full-time job and start their business. It is, that is the most difficult thing that any young solopreneur entrepreneur can try to do. If you don't have the money to, to uh, launch your business or you can't do it 100%, then just borrow the money. I mean, if you're that strong on, on your beliefs is that, that that service is needed or that niche is needed or you can fill a service void in a place, then go for it. Just go all in. Get Go borrow $100,000. Uh, we, when we started our, the company in Miami to go public, we borrowed $50,000. That's how we got started. And then that fifty, we come to the end of the uh, time period on that, we went and borrowed a hundred and then we paid off the 50 and then we had gave us another little bit of breathing room. But in order to grow our business, we need, we have to have breathing room. We, we can't be stifled and, and 
I've been in the days in my air conditioning days where I didn't do anything but before noon was collect receivables. I couldn't even get any work done because I had to get the money in there before two o'clock. Yeah, and that's the common struggle of of many, many small businesses. You know, they're you know, they're you know, and we you kind of mentioned this in, in the pre show is, you know, they're working, you know, in the business and not on the business. And and talk a little bit more about that concept, you know, the struggles that many business owners find themselves in when they're uh, running their own organization, you know, the, how they get bogged down and, and doing the day-to-day stuff instead of, you know, actually growing their business. Okay, good. I'd be glad to share that. Um, most of us who've ever started, me, you, uh, all the people who start a business starts with a vision, have an idea. We're going to reach out and touch audiences. And like you were saying before the show, you're touching people you didn't realize you were touching. So business happens. And so, then we get into the managing part of it. So we get in, make sure we have the right microphones. We have the right uh, tracks. We have the right uh, slices and dice, uh, everything we need. And then we shift into doing the work. And then what happens is we start doing the work our way because see, we're the smart ones. We figured out how to do it the best. So then we get to a point to where we need to hire somebody. So we, we start looking for that person. So the first mistake we usually make is we would hire a friend or, an, uh, an, um, or a family member. If, for those who are looking to employ people, please do not start with your family or your friends because they, they're probably not going to work as hard as you would if you got somebody who didn't know you. So then you hire somebody, you bring that person on, and then you're so afraid that this person is going to mess up what you do that you end up taking that work back from them. So you actually stifle their creativity. So you get an organization where you're actually micromanaging everything. You're trying to, you're the chief cook and bottle washer. You're doing everything. And when you get into that point, oh, you can't grow at that point. You're, you're just, you're just so stuck in this little, um, I call it a comfort zone, this little area, and you're working 10, 12, 14 hours a day. So if any of your listeners out there are working 10, 12, 14 hours a day, and they're just barely making ends meet, then you, don't, you haven't got a business. You've created a job for yourself. I'm a huge fan of delegating, and it was something that I was lousy at earlier in my career, and now the pendulum has kind of swung the opposite way where when something lands on my desk, I, you know, my first question to myself is who besides me could work on this? And because it, it frees me up to just work on the things that only I can do or only I should do. And oftentimes when you take things back from the people that are working for you and not giving them the opportunity to, you work on it in the way that they work on it, uh, you're actually shortchanging the organization. It, Give clear instruction, tell them what you want the outcome to be. But as far as how they go about doing it, uh, let them let them work on it. Let them figure it out. If you notice some inefficiencies, then sure, you can guide them on it. But let them do it and let them do it in a way that they know how to do it and gives them the opportunity, like you mentioned, you know, to grow and you know become a better employee so they can take on more things, which, again, frees you know, the ownership up to be able to focus on you're working on the business and not in it. Exactly. There's a new term out there. I don't know if you've heard of it, Michael. Um, it's called intrapreneur. Are you familiar with that term? 
I've not heard that. What is entrepreneur? Entrepreneur is a person who understands the vision of our company and can get behind the vision of our company and use their creative thoughts to further our vision. So what we do is we look for people who are entrepreneurs, they're creative. What happens is we, we, we stifle people's creativity. So the way I in, help people grow is by helping them understand the importance of empowering. So I empower you to work. I set up your perimeters. I give you a job description. I give you an outline. I give you checklists. I give you complete trainings. I give you everything you need to, to fulfill your mission, your, your job in, in the company. And then I manage my people by objectives. So I'd say, okay, what is your, what is your objective this quarter? Your three objectives this quarter, Michael, and you'd lay out your three objectives. And I'd say, okay, when are, give me your timelines on when these objectives are going to get finished and so forth and so on. We break them down. And then I check with the people time, uh, on a time by time, you know, a little at a time and find out how well they're staying on course. Then at the, at these meetings, if they're not on course, then we discuss what it would take to get them back on course. Sometimes it's not their fault they're off course. Sometimes it's time they're waiting on emails or they're waiting on other pe people to produce product. So what can we do? So we think outside the box together to figure out something that will actually uh, keep the ball moving. That is leadership gold because oftentimes I, I find many leaders and, and people that work, but the leadership front especially uh, runs into this thing where they don't really know, you know, what are the two or three objectives that they should be working on. And when they come across, you know, their to-do list, it's a mile and a half long and they're not sure where to even start. So that's great that you, you sit down with them and say, okay, what, you know, what are the objectives that you want? What's the timelines that you have in place and I, I love how you you periodically check in because micromanaging is is horrible in my opinion because that means you're doing your job and that person's job too and you, you have to let people you know be empowered to do the work that you've hired them to do let let them grow into the role exactly and not only that we when you empower people part of my system is um getting them in the mindset that they need to be training their replacement. See, they can't move up. This is one of the things we did in Radio Shack days. Uh, Radio Shack had a big uh, turnover concept. Everything was turned over because what they did was they had all the associates they would hire for the stores would feed the store managers and they, they, their business model was the more, the best salesperson was the sales manager or the manager of the store. So he should get all the big sales and the other little guys, the associates, they could do the ring ups like the little force feeds and the little gimme stuff off the rack stuff, you know, but any, and so the money was, well, we said, no, we can't keep people. So what we did was we created a training program that allowed them to earn more commissions as they learned how to sell more stuff. We created a career path that took them from the entry level all the way up through district manager. And you, and you mapped that out in such a way where they, as an employee, had an understanding on where they could grow 
And of course, you know, you know I, I hear this oftentimes with, with leaders is you want to design your role in such a way where eventually, you know, someone's going to replace you. And ideally, I think we all want to leave things in, in the best shape that we can, in my case, and I'm sure with you as well, you want to leave things better than you found it. And, and when you do that and you leave a roadmap for the person that follows you to make it easier for them, uh, it, it just speaks volumes to you know, the character of the individual and the organization that uh, creates uh, that environment for that thing to happen. Exactly. And then couple that with the fact if you if you can go from like one of my clients is a a construction company in Chicago and we're now we've created a a training program for him where all he has to uh, look for are laborers. He doesn't have to go out and find project managers or field supervisors or all this stuff all because he's training his laborers to be those people. So they have, they're introduced to his culture from the beginning. His, his, he has a vast pool of, of applicants. And then he looks for the ones who have the initiative, the ones that, that do their jobs a little, think a little bit outside the box. And those are the ones he singles out to move through the field supervisor training, project manager training, and so forth. The problem is if we go out and try, if we needed, let's say one of your listeners needed an office manager, and now you go out and um, you hire the office manager, now that office manager says, well, why should I be doing it your way? I've been doing it my way for 30 years. Now you end up with three or four different concepts of how your business should be run because you've hired these different people who have all this years of background. Yeah, that's an important lesson that I learned, thankfully, um, when you're trying to you know, shape an organization or, or change direction or course of an organization uh, from a problematic past to a, a more of a profitable and, and prosperous future is, you know, bring on the right people and, and hire the right people and hire those that are uh, in tune with, you know, the purpose of the organization, the culture, skill, skills can be trained. You know, that's, you know, that's always one thing that you, know, you hear is like if, for most people, you can train people on how to do certain skills, but you also want to have the right people in place. So you can avoid that situation where you could have four senior leaders or upper management and they want to go in four different directions. Well, all that's going to do for your organization is have you spin in circles and you're not going to, you're not going to be able to grow, expand, or even, you know, think about, you know, selling the organization down the road uh, for a a nice profit because you're, you're too busy trying to figure out, you know, what direction do you want to go in? Exactly. And you hit on a couple of key points there. Um, One is companies nowadays, major companies, I don't care who who you are, they're using profiling now. There's all kinds of different profiling uh, tools now. There's DISC. Um, Now you're not only if you're hiring for a sales position, you're also making sure that the applicant has the right profile to be a salesperson or a thought leader or a uh, service person, customer service person, techno- uh, technical person. Um, this is very important now because like you said, we can train the, t- the technical side. What we're looking for is the person has the right attitude for the job. Salespeople, if you were uh, hiring salespeople, the last salesperson I'd want to hire is anybody that showed any analytical ten- tendencies. 
If this person was analytical, has an analytical mindset, he's going to be very difficult to train in sales because he's going to ask too many questions like, why do I need to be doing this? Sometimes in sales, you do it because you learn from it or, or it's because it's there. Um, you need an expressive personality to be out and go out and knock on doors and, and create marketing programs. An analytical person would be an ideal person for somebody for accounting or, or bookkeeping or that type of stuff. Controlling people are good for running the team leaders, thought leaders. They're, they're the right people for that position. And then if you need a support person, you go for an amiable personality. They have a kindness about them that, that supersedes most of us. Um, the other thing that you mentioned there was um, about being uh, profitable. Your most people treat their employees as liabilities. If your if your employee is costing you money, then you you don't you you need to retrain that person so that person is an asset. When, when you treat your team members like they're assets and they, they have, an, uh, they have a, an obligation to bring business to the table, well, they don't have to be salespeople. They can just be, um, uh, be able to refer, upsell, and, and uh, do some works for uh, State Farm. In State Farm, if you have a State Farm account, when you call in, the first thing they ask you is your name. They pull up your profile, and that profile tell them what your next likely product you'll buy from them. So if you're in the need of a credit card, and, and uh, State Farm offers would offer you the credit card. Oh, Mr. Uh, Michael, how are you, uh, you today? Uh, now, before we get off the phone, um, is there, did you know we have a credit card available at no fee? Da, 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 da. Profiling is becoming a very, very big, important part about how we increase sales and profits. So we utilize our staff to become assets. Look for, look for um, business for us. And the information, the access to information that we have is so much easier to obtain than it was even, I'd say, five years ago. So you can literally know, you know, the predictability of, you know, what a client or a customer uh, would be interested in, which gives them, you know, the feeling of, wow, you know, they, they have a personal touch. They, they understand my needs. Now, of course, sometimes they may know, you know, I don't need a credit card at this point, but you know what? I mean, based on the information and personality traits and everything else that uh, all of these assessments can create, um, humans can be predictable and we, you can narrow down what, you know, what they may, uh, may want to be investing in yet next. And, and, and the beautiful thing about it is, is you're serving that customer by offering them that product or service that you know, basically, you know, the assessments are saying that they're going to need at some point. Exactly. Um, you, and you brought up an interesting topic then, wants and needs. A lot of times in the air conditioning days, I found out that the customer's want and their need was totally two different things. Their need was to get their air conditioner fixed. But do you know what their want was? What was their want? If I could fix it on their time schedule. 
they're still trying to figure that schedule thing out. Uh, just ask the cable installation companies. <laughs> because they won't, they don't, they don't listen to their customer. Think of it this way. Okay. So I'm, uh, I go to my technicians and they're, I'm sure they're hearing the same thing I heard from my technicians. How come we can't gauge our time better? Well, Terry, you know, we don't know when we get on a job, we could be there for an hour. We could be there for five hours. We just don't know. So to me, it was putting this, the, the, the um, inmates in charge of the asylum, so to speak. So I said, okay, well, um, how about this? So we put two-way radios in the trucks. So we then um, would have the technician call back. And so we find, okay, we got a bad fan motor. And we say, okay, ask the customer when they want it done. So the uh, guy would turn back to the customer and say, when do you want it done? And they said, well, could you come back when my father bring, gets back here? Or can you come home and get here when my wife is here? Or can you get back here? And they would, more times than not, it would be, can you come back when? So then all we needed to do then was schedule for the return trip. So then I can narrow it down to where I could get my service truck. Think of this, an air conditioning, you could call into my service company today and I could give you a two-hour window of when I would be there within the next 48 hours. Yeah, and a two-hour window is, is definitely more reasonable for, for people than, you know, four, six, or eight hours. And, and you think about it all the time, especially, you know, for organizations and people that, you know, they don't necessarily have a ton of time to take off from work you know, based on their benefits, you know, they could be part-time, who knows the situation. Exactly. So saying, okay, this is a two hour window and it's going to be maybe an hour long um, appointment per se, if everything goes well. So they go, okay, two hour window, hour long in there. So they can factor in. So okay, give a little bit of buffer here and there and all that stuff. So they're looking at, okay, maybe a half day. So I take a half day off taking a half day off of work or going in later and working a later shift potentially is a big difference than having to take the whole day off. And then they happen to get the job done at, you know, 10 30 or 11 um, in the morning. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, great. I've got, you know, the full day off, but I, I took a day off of work and I didn't really need to, I'd much rather have used that day off for something else. And so it's, you know, it, being able to fine tune that it, you know, makes a big difference to, to the customer and uh, provides uh, stellar customer service. Exactly. Now let's take that a step further. Okay. So now just like you, the, the customer factored all that in and they factored it in their hope that my that job is going to be one hour, two hours. They took that half a day off or whatever. Okay. Now I tell them and it's going to be a three hour job, but I give them an opportunity. When do you want it done? Their immediate thought went back to, well, I need to get back to work to do that proposal, or I need to get back to work to do this. Can you do, can you come back later? Cause they're not, they're not going to stay home once the job is finished anyway. So they, their house is still going to be hot <laughs> when they come home. They, they, that's easy to process. And that's, so, and that's the beautiful thing too, is, you know, you give them that opportunity and they can actually have the power and the choice. You're empowering the customer to be able to choose when they want something that's convenient for them. And, and who's, and, and, when you can do, and when you can do that, um, 
you have a customer for life and you also have a customer that's going to refer you uh, when their friends or neighbors or colleagues are saying, yes, I'm having this issue, whether it's air conditioning or coaching or you name it, whatever, whatever product or service you offer, uh, the word of mouth referral um, is worth millions in you know, online ads and everything else because they're doing all the work and they're giving you the ad and the testimonial all in one shot. Exactly. And adding on to that is you, they think they're in control where by you empowering them, just like your, your uh, team members, when you empower them, they think they're in control. And as long as they think they're in control, they're going to do a better job for you. The customer, when they think they're in control, they're going to make better decisions. And if they want me to come back at four o'clock, that I may not be the same technician that went back there, but that wasn't, they're not concerned about that either. They're concerned then about being somebody being home at four o'clock to, to be there to let the person in. But anyway, you get it. I can give your, your listeners four things to do right now. If they will just, just take a moment, get a pen and paper out. Just if they'll do these four things, no matter what it is. Are you ready? Yes, definitely ready. Okay. First is whatever it is you're doing, you got to commit to it. I mean, a hundred percent commit. You're all in. Then once you make that commitment, you're, you're in, you're in there. Okay. The second thing we need to do is we need to create disciplines in our life that make those commitments come true. Like you said earlier, when you look at your emails, first thing you want to do is you want to, or you look at your stuff. First thing you want to do is delegate. Perfect. But you've got to put disciplines in your life that make sure that you, for you to stay towards your commitment. Then the third step is that you have to be decisive. You, you must make decisions that focus on your commitment. It's okay to, um, to have some relaxation. You, you need downtime. But if you find yourself sitting on, on the couch watching TV all day, eh, probably, not, probably not a good decision. In fact, I give every one of your listeners right now 100% um, permission to procrastinate on anything. That's right. I said you can procrastinate on anything that doesn't take you towards your goals. We all procrastinate. And then number four, you have to visualize yourself being the commitment that you made. If you're going to be the great person that, that, that takes, manages your time, which by the way, that's a missed number. You can only manage yourself. But if you become a person that wants to manage yourself, then be the best manager of yourself that you can possibly be. Visualize yourself already obtaining the goals that you want, the contract. People say, oh, I don't want to talk about, uh, I might jinx something. No, going around bragging about something is not good. But visualizing you having that client or visualizing you getting that con uh, account visualization is what makes our whole world. If everybody looks around them right now, everything they see around them was created first in somebody's mind before it was ever put to on, ever put, you know, into real life. You do those four things and you on any subject matter you want and you will always be successful. That is an absolutely incredible list and listeners, I'll definitely have this list in the show notes because you should print it out, put it on your mirror, look at it every day uh, and, and really, really 
focus on these things because I agree with you, Terry. You you go all in on those things and you, you know, narrow your focus on doing those four things and what you want to accomplish. You're going to accomplish it. It it it's it's impossible not to if you follow those four things. Um, it, it, it's just going to happen. So. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate our conversation and we could probably talk for another four hours on this stuff because I, I love it because it, it, it grows me and I know it grows our listeners as well on, you know, being their best. And I, and I, and that's, you know, what I feel about, you know, the stuff that you're doing and, and what you've done is, you know, this drive to be your absolute best at what you do and, and help others attain uh, their best, uh, because when everyone is operating at their best, they are actually creating a better world for everyone involved. Exactly. And I have a gift for you and your audience as well. If That'd I may. Great. By all means. Thank you. I have a gift. The gift is one hour of my time with you, your audience, anybody on the, here's the tape. Um, that's one hour of my time. We'll, we'll roll up our shirt sleeves. We'll figure out a challenge. We'll work on some problems that you would have, whatever. No sales pitch, not, no upsells, nothing like that. Just strictly one hour of us working together, trying to figure out uh, and help you with a challenge. All you do is go to my website, terryogren.com. Get, hit the contact us button. Uh, it'll drop down, fill in your um, email address, send me, send it, request over. I'll contact you and we'll set up a time. That is very generous, Terry. Thank you so much for that. And again, listeners will have that information in the show notes as well. As well. So Terry, thank you again for your time today. I really appreciate you and the work that you're doing and, and spending uh, time with us today to, to share all of this leadership gold. Well, I appreciate you for having me on the show. And if there's ever anything I can do for you, please um, reach out to me. I sure will. Thank you again, Terry. And until next time, everybody, be well. Hey, it's Michael again. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. If you're like many people, you're dealing with some significant stress and possibly approaching burnout. I know how you feel. In 2009, my burnout led to a year of worst-case scenarios. I do not want that to happen to you. If you go to breakfastleadership.com, you can register for a free webinar on burnout prevention, as well as get as a free checklist to have successful mornings. Start off each day the right way. Again, that's at breakfastleadership.com. Also, since you are a loyal podcast listener, I'm asking you to like, rate, and review my podcast on iTunes. I look at all the reviews and appreciate your comments, and it helps other potential listeners discover the content I have on the show. I appreciate you, and thanks again for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.